welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler, and this week I'm joined by an old friend of mine, Charlie Cullen Walters, who years ago started a blog called Olympics or Bust. He had a lifelong dream to go to the Olympics when he was a kid. It was to go as an athlete. When that didn't work out, he decided in, that in the 2008 Olympics, he was going to the Beijing Olympics. And he and a friend started this blog, and the blog was all about them getting to the Olympics and going to the Olympics and watching the Olympics and having a great time. He's evolved that into a couple of things. In 2016, he was in Rio doing some reporting for different uh, media outlets. And a few years ago, he started an event called Gold Meets Golden. He had been talking to some Olympians and had been talking to people in entertainment and realized that they were fans of one another. So every year in Los Angeles, right before the Golden Globe Awards, which are going to be in January, he brings together a bunch of Olympians, the gold, to meet a bunch of people from entertainment, the golden. And they exchange uh, fandom and, and, and talk about uh, their experiences and watching the other one uh, on the big screen or running races on the little screen. It's a great event. Uh, it, it, goes, it, it benefits a great charity here in Los Angeles. And Charlie joined me to talk about the event, the upcoming event, and being a, a gay Olympics nut. So here is my interview with Charlie Cullen Walters. I'm here with my longtime friend and even longer time Olympic savant fan, Charlie Cullen Walters. And Charlie has an incredible event called Gold Meets Golden that's coming up. This with the the Golden Globe nominations announced last week. Charlie, what is Gold Meets Golden, first of all? So Gold Meets Golden is named for kind of what it sounds. It's literally gold medalists mixing and mingling with Golden Globe nominees. So it's basically my dream event. <laughs> we came up with it in London 2012 when my friend Scott Orland from Hollywood Foreign Press and I were there at the games. And it actually started because we were showing a bunch of athletes celebrity surprises from their favorite Hollywood crushes. Uh, and the one we did that made the biggest impact was for Gabby Douglas. She was super excited about her show, Vampire Diaries. And we got a message from the whole cast, including Ian Summerhalder, who she had a big crush on. And we showed it to her, and she still says to this day that she performed better on the beam because she was thinking about that message from Ian <laughs> in her head. So our lesson was, A, don't underestimate the power of a teenage girl crush, but B, that there's something cool there in terms of these two industries admiring each other and inspiring one another. And we thought, how fun would it be to bring those uh, stars of these games out to Hollywood for award season and, you know, find out who are also fans of them. So it was actually partly Nicole Kidman's idea well, as well. Nicole Kidman is friends with Scott, and she said she's a huge fan of the Olympics, and she said, I would host that event. And so that really kicked it off for us. We were very lucky when she came on board, obviously. <laughs> that helps. That, that helps, helps a little bit when you have Nicole Kidman in your corner. Um, yeah, so that's how it began. And we've just grown every year. That first year, it was about maybe 10 athletes like that were stars of London and then 10 celebrities. And, you know, since then, we've kind of, um, yeah, almost 
I guess quadrupled in numbers. Yeah. Is it a weekend? Is it a dinner? Is it a is it a meet and greet? It is, is a it? weekend um, event. The main event is on the Saturday before the Globe, so it's like a brunch event. It's a daytime event that goes from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And but the athletes usually come in on Friday. We do a special dinner for them on Friday night, and then on Sunday we bring a handful of them, usually about a dozen, to the actual Globes red carpet and to the viewing parties and after parties. So it's a really fun experience and they really are the true stars out there. Like when they when we put them on the red carpet, they're kind of unexpected celebrities. People don't expect to see them there. And so we um yeah, we we they just everybody loves them. It's great. Do do they bring their medals and show them off? Is they do. Uh, they don't bring them. Yeah, they bring them to the Saturday event, not usually to Sunday. Although one time Missy Franklin decided to bring like all five of her medals in her purse to the Globes, <laughs> and that was pretty funny. Yeah. So they end up going to the Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not necessarily the show. Some of them go to the show. One year, like the year before Sochi, we had a whole table, and they all sat, ironically, with Matt Lauer at um, <laughs> the Golden Globes. But uh, yeah, since then it's been mostly like red carpet and the viewing parties because it's really fun at the for the Globes. Everything is on site there at the Beverly Hilton. Is there a charity component to this, or is it a charity event? Yeah, we have a wonderful beneficiary, which is Angel City Sports. Angel City Sports is an organization that helps foster, train, coach, and even provide limbs or equipment for disabled children in the Los Angeles area who are hoping to become future para-athletes. What's really exciting about that for us is, you know, of course the Olympics and Paralympics are coming here to Los Angeles in nine years, in 2028, and so we like to think that a lot of these kids that we're helping will hopefully one day end up competing in our own Paralympics. It's really cool full circle. A lot of people forget that the Paralympics are, are part of the Olympics. They come right after the Olympics. Do you make a concerted effort to include Paralympians in the Paralympics? We really do, yeah. It's a big movement right now and has been for a long time for the USOC, which is now renamed actually the USOPC to include Paralympics, um, to draw shed an even better spotlight on the Paralympics. I am obsessed with the Olympics, but I, I might say I'm even more obsessed with the Paralympics in some ways. I think they're so exciting to watch. It's people that obviously have... Um, great challenges, whether it's something they were born with or something that happened to them later in life, and they achieve almost near the same times of the Olympians. It's it's really um, incredible to witness. They also have even more sports, like they have different things that they don't have in the Olympics, and it's just cool to, um, to watch these events. So yes, we definitely celebrate Paralympians at our event. We probably have usually about maybe 10 to 12 um, actual athletes, and then another dozen of the actual children that are in the Angel City Sports Program. You talk about sports that were created for Paralympians. I, I recently discovered goalball. Yeah. I want to play goalball. That yeah. looks like, like challenging and really fun. Yeah, it's a really fun event to watch in person. And they're slowly adding all of the other um, Olympic events as well. Uh, you know, they're in Tokyo, they're adding five more Olympic sports. They're adding um, sports, climbing, surfing, skateboarding, uh, bringing back baseball and softball, and karate. And some of those events aren't Paralympic, but I just found out the other day that there is actual para rock climbing. Wow, <laughs> and someone yeah. was showing me a picture of this of people actually climbing. Oh. And they climb in their wheelchairs. And it was one of the like most what? impressive things I've ever seen in my life. So, yes, it's crazy. You have to look it up. I think they're adding BMX freestyle, right, yep. this year? Uh, BMX was added for Rio. But this will be... I thought it was BMX racing, but this is BMX oh, right. freestyle. Oh, BMX freestyle, you're right, is being added, yeah. There's a, there's a trans woman named Chelsea Wolf who is... Oh, she's yeah. number three in the 
country. Yeah, I was reading. And about they're taking the site. top two. We're hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, also, speaking of athletes and celebrities, who is coming this year to Gold Meets Golden? So we have some really big, fun names to announce, and I'm going to announce a few of them for you right now because the Golden Globes nominations just came out. Um, so we have our returning normal host committee, which is uh, we basically found all the Olympic loving celebrities in Hollywood. <laughs> Nicole Kidman being the first, Jessica Chastain, Octavia Spencer is obsessed with the Olympics. Matt Bomer is like a total Olympic nerd fan. If you guys didn't know that, um, and Chrissy Metz from This Is Us. It's kind of an interesting combo of people. They're kind of our recurring hosts. This year, um, we are bringing some really great new names. We have Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez, wow, which okay. I couldn't be more wow. excited about because they're the perfect gold meets golden couple. They are, <laughs> right. you know, sports meets Hollywood. So we're so excited about that and that JLo got her nomination. We have Sylvester Stallone and his daughter, Sistine Stallone. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger and his son, Patrick Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so we have a lot of like fun multi generational things going on. Uh, we have Chris Evans, who's hosted the event before, but he's coming back, which is really fun. Just to have, like, is he a, bringing his brother? Uh, I don't think so, but I'll invite his brother. That's really fun. I didn't think to do that, but thank you for reminding me because we would love to. I think to. Scott lives in L.A. still. He does, yeah, yeah. I've seen him around recently. Charlize Theron has come on board. Laura Dern, who I'm obsessed with from Big Little Lies. Ben Platt, Sam Rockwell, Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> Billy Porter... Joey King. I love Billy Porter. Yep. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. Uh, Chris Sullivan is joining, who's the, who plays Chrissy's um, husband on This Is Us. And then, here's a really cool thing. There's a guy that, if you don't know him, you will soon. His name's Jake Stadnick. He plays a new blind character who is Chrissy and Chris's son on This Is Us. Because if you don't watch the show, they do, like, future flashback, future flash forwards. And... Um, so the fact that he's blind is significant because Angel City Sports has just recently absorbed the Junior Blind Olympics. And so that's a wow. big initiative for them right now is pushing blind athletes. And so we are actually going to have like a fun little moment between um, a blind actor and a blind para-athlete. So he's actually blind. He's actually blind. Yeah. The character that plays, he plays a blind character, but he actually is blind, correct? Yeah, and who are some of the athletes that are becoming? So some of the athletes we have really fun recurring legends that come every year. Nadia Comaneci is kind of our um, main host with Nicole every year, and her husband Bart Connor. Christy Yamaguchi is coming for the first time. I can't (laughs) wait to meet her. Monica Seles. um, This is one of the few years we can get tennis players because it's we're nice and early, and the Australian Open is a little bit later. Oh right, sure. So it's like one of the few times it doesn't um, conflict. Carl Lewis is returning. Huge name in track and field. By the way, fun note about Carl Lewis. He's I'm curious with... to hear what this fun okay. note is, Charlie. So, okay, okay. The fun note I'm going to give you is that Carl Lewis is obsessed with Carol Burnett <laughs> and uh, wants to have a gold meets golden moment with her because apparently when he was growing up, he watched the Carol Burnett show every day. Uh, Jackie sure Joyner Kersey. Uh, Gus Kenworthy, who uh, we should definitely talk about. Who, yeah, who, okay, right, sure. Yeah, yeah, we should. Uh, well, he's now become a Gold Meets Gold name because he's kind of crossed over into Hollywood and was on this season of American but, Horror But Story. now that he's British. Well, yes, I, okay. So that was an interesting move. <laughs> um, yeah, I was not expecting that. But um, at first I was like, okay, this is an interesting move. I felt, I don't know, like he was so, he, he became quite celebrated by Team USA in a way that I thought was kind of revolutionary because I had never seen them back like the whole LGBT thing until the Gus thing happened when that happened and then certainly when Adam happened um, I was proud of Team USA because they finally started like putting out social media for this they started doing stuff with pride festivals they were really backing they had never done that before and so I, I don't know I always thought that 
Gus would be kind of loyal to that. But I understand what he's doing. It's like a whole thing about his mom, and I think it's really sweet. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, at the end of the day, he was not going to compete again for Team USA. And I understand what he said about that last, the final. I mean, he he just kind of fell on his face. Yeah. And not that not wanting to be his last Olympics. I I get it. And and I always say. Owners of teams and, and, and people who make decisions, they get to control athletes' lives. And I like to see when athletes control their own lives. Yes. So if he wants to go compete, totally. I have yeah. I have no problem with that. No, I thought it was kind of cool. It was just I wasn't expecting it, but I do think it's an it's an interesting strategy and and he did also kind of say he knows that this is gonna be his last game. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, Which is, is something you would never hear from like Michael Phelps or some other athletes. Well, last time, well, I think Adam Rippon has said the same thing. Is Adam Rippon coming? Another LA uh, Adam Rippon, we're working on a potential scheduling conflict, so I'm not sure about him yet, but we're hoping. He did come last year um, and was a huge hit. Um, Janet Evans is coming, who is a big part of the LA 2028 movement. Yeah. Jake Dalton and Danelle Leva from the men's gymnastics teams. Kerry Walsh Jennings from Beach Volleyball. Ian Thorpe is coming, which is kind of fun, who's a big oh, yeah, you know, sure. Australian swimmer. Yeah. Nicole's very excited about that because she always wanted to be an Olympic swimmer herself, so she kind of like specifically requested him, and we finally got him this year. Um, Ibtihaj Mohammed, who's a really great name. She's the fencer who wore yeah, the Habib right. in competition. Yep. Um, and Amy Van Dyken, who's a really amazing Paralympian who um, had a, a sad accident about four years ago and has really like sprung into the sport in a major way, in a really quick way. Uh, very inspirational, and also Mallory Wegeman, another Paralympian um, swimmer who I, I love. You're renting a big place for this, I assume. We are. So this year we have a brand new location. Uh, we are going to the Virginia Robinson's Gardens and Estates, which is near the Beverly Hills Hotel, just about a block behind. It is the former residence of the Robinson May family, and it's kind of like a mini Huntington Gardens. Like the family went around the world and they collected plants and trees from all over, brought them back, and so they have all these different, like, gardens from different regions um i'm really excited about it we have a lot more space to work with there's also a pool and a tennis court so we're going to be doing some interesting actual sports related activations with those spaces and it's just beautiful all around so um coca-cola which is our main sponsor for this event is has a new campaign that they're doing for tokyo which is called world without waste and so we're kind of celebrating um that campaign in this new uh, venue which also celebrates nature charlie you are You've sold me on this event, but and I'm sure people listening are like, "Oh, how do I get to go to this? Is there any way the general public can go? Are there tickets? Are there? Is there any way? Or is it just a closed yeah. event for people to meet one it another?" It is just a closed event. We've tried to keep it intimate on purpose. Um, we only keep it to about. It was. It used to be like less than 100 attendees. Now it's about 150 to 175, and over half of those people are actually gold meets golden names. We do that on purpose because we want it. We really want those moments to happen. We want them to be able to find each other, to meet each other, and to have inspiring conversations. So that's why we do that. We don't um, sell tickets. We have wonderful sponsor partners, fortunately, so we haven't had to to do like the sell ticket benefit type thing to this point. But I think we want to want to keep it that way for the time being. Well, it's amazing. It truly is gold meets golden. It's these people meeting each other, and that's the point of it. That's why you created it. And, yeah. and I don't know. That's kind of neat that it hasn't changed from your vision. It's 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 really neat. And if you look at um, on our website, goldmeetsgolden.com, we've recently listed some of the top gold meets golden moments over the years. I mean, there's so many of them. One of my favorites is Selma Hayek meeting Nadia Comaneci and literally falling to her knees and starting to cry because Selma said that she felt like she was able to 
become a strong female and go into her career because of Nadia as a role model. That was awesome. Last year, I loved the meeting of Michelle Yao and Michelle Kwan. The meeting of the Michelles, I called it. They both loved each other, but had never had a chance to meet, but they were able to through our event. So lots of great, great moments like that. Well, that's really cool. Everybody, uh, hang tight, and we'll be right back with more from Charlie Cullen Walters. We're back with Charlie Cullen Walters, creator of Gold Meets Golden. Uh, Charlie, I know you have a very long personal history and obsession with the Olympics. Mm -hmm. How did it all start? Yeah, obsession really is the best word. I like to call myself Olympaholic. That's kind of a term I I coined for myself. Um, It started when I was a little kid. Um, I grew up in a very sports-loving family. I'm the son of a former Major League Baseball player with the same name as me. My dad played for the Minnesota Twins. And I was just encouraged to always watch sports as at a young age. And I just, for whatever reason, maybe call it the gay thing, whatever, I just got way more into Olympic sports than into pro sports. And I remember watching, just being glued to the TV for the 1984 games when I was six years old, um, watching Greg Louganis, just watching Mary Lou Redden, watching all the people of, of that games and thinking, wow, I first of all, I want to do that. Um, but second of all, if I can't do that, I want to be there and I want to like be involved with this. I was just like completely immersed. And then when 88 rolled around and we got that thing called the triple cast, I don't know if anybody remembers that, where you were able oh, to yeah. get like the cable network where you had like yeah. the three boxes. I made my family get that. Even though my family didn't even let us have cable, I was like, we have to get the triple cast just for the Olympics. And I would sit there all day and watch Olympics over and over and over. And I don't know. I just, I for whatever reason, I just, I've, I've loved it ever since. And my my dream job ever since I was a kid, has been to somehow work with the Olympic movement. And so I'm so proud that I've kind of achieved that. (laughs) Between then and now, and how I first connected with you was through a blog you had called Olympics or Bust. How did that start? Yeah, so I guess when like blogging became a popular thing after the year 2000, my friend Tyler and I, Tyler Duckworth and I, we said... um, what can we do to like become media? Because that, that, I think when we realized, like for years we kept we kept narrowing down the list of like what are the Olympic sports that we could still start training for like <laughs> tomorrow and maybe make. And it came down to you know like luge and archery. And then we realized like no, those things are actually really hard too. So so we gave that dream up at one point. Uh, uh, Tyler actually was a near Olympic swimmer, so it was harder for him to give up than me. But. We decided, why don't we become like Olympic journalists? So um, that's not an easy thing to do, but we decided to do it on our own. So we started a blog called olympicsorbust.com, meaning no matter what, we're going to go to the Beijing Olympics. And I had already been to a couple Olympics, fortunately. Tyler had never been to one in person. Um, And so we just decided, let's just do this. And we started on our own. It was like a WordPress site when that was a thing. And um, yeah, we started filming like little segments in our living rooms, like of the trials, just covering who we thought was going to be there. And then we went there with just like a handheld camera. We didn't have a crew or anything um, and just walked around and shot content at the at the games. And in 2016, you were there in Rio interviewing a ton of athletes and particularly LGBTQ athletes. Yeah. So, yeah, it actually started with Sochi. I had the great privilege to be officially covering the games as credentialed media for Entertainment Tonight and Us Weekly with my friend Jennifer Peros. And that was awesome. Um, One of the things we were doing was trying to give a fun entertainment spin. Like I mentioned earlier that we had done the Celebrity Surprises with Gabby Douglas. We took that to a much bigger level and we started doing that for many different athletes. We actually interviewed about 30 to 40 athletes and found out who were their favorite film and TV stars, got them to do shout outs and we would show them to them on the ground there and tape their reactions and then they would turn into really fun segments for those entertainment shows. So that was really cool. That's what I did in Sochi. And then in Rio, um, you know, the LGBT angle was becoming really hot. There were a record number of 
at the time, I think when we went into it, it was around 40. By the time we left, it was closer to 60 out LGBT athletes. And we really, I really wanted to tell those stories. Um, and so we started talking to outlets like Advocate and Out and um, a couple other places, and, and they loved the idea. And so uh, at the same time I was doing these celebrity shout-outs, what was even more important to me was to interview as many of the English-speaking, because I should point out that a lot of them weren't English-speaking. Right. Some, sometimes people were like, did you get all of them? I'm like, no, because half of them didn't speak English. But the ones that did, we we found them, um, sought them out, interviewed them, and it, 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 it was great. I was just editing the other day some of the highlights from this, and I'm really proud of what we were able to do under those circumstances. One of the big stories in Rio that I remember you talking about was that grinder sting when that, that straight reporter started uh, tracking down gay athletes. And yeah. I'm wondering what, as you look ahead to Tokyo, what are a couple of the LGBTQ storylines that you might be thinking about? Yeah, well, that was really disappointing. I remember the person I actually found that out from was Amini, the swimmer from Tonga. And um, he was kind of like a part of that or in the thick of it and was really laughing. He was know, furious. Speaking out against this. And I was glad he did that. Um, yeah, that was so disappointing. I'm hoping that like the story for fingers crossed that the story for Tokyo is that that sort of thing doesn't happen <laughs> um, and that that was like the last of its era. I just felt like, um, you know, it was an isolated incident, but it was something that shouldn't be ignored because it was it was crazy. Um, but in Tokyo, I just feel like. First of all, with as you've reported, we're hoping that there's going to be double the number, which has kind of been the pattern so far, right, from London to Soju to Rio. And if that's the case, I think, you know, numbers help. I think that um, the more stories that we're telling are going to help. I just feel like our world, despite, despite America having stepped backwards in obviously many ways with our politics, I do feel like um, the issue of LGBT rights in general has advanced in the world, and I, I hope that that will be reflected. I think it will be, and I think one of the neat things is we may have our first openly trans athlete at the Olympics. Yes, that's going to be a big part of the conversation. Yeah. Yes, I think um, you know the IOC has um, made several changes in the rules. You know, it's, some of them at some point were controversial. I, it, they will always be controversial, but I think that um, seeing trans athletes being able to compete, being able to compete openly who they are, is going to be really, really exciting at these games. I end every interview with the same two questions, Charlie. You ready? I'm ready. Thinking back, way back when, <laughs> who was an Olympian who inspired you to be part of the Olympics? It's definitely Greg Louganis. I know that a lot of people say that and it might sound cliche, but for me it's 100%. I um, looked up to him not only as an athlete, but I think as a young uh, LGBT kid, if you will, or pre, pre-gay, however you want to call that, before I came out. It was um, really exciting for me to have him as a role model, both as a, a human and as an athlete. So absolutely, when I met him, it was... Meeting him was more exciting for me than meeting any celebrity that I've met through um, through this event or through my career. It was a, a true honor, and I just still can't believe I'm like friends with him. I went to his wedding and sat next to <laughs> Nadia Comaneci. That was like one of the biggest like pinch me moments of my life. It is amazing. It's neat working in sports. You get to meet some of the people who inspired you. Yes, we're very lucky that way. Yeah, yeah, we are. And Greg is a sweetheart. The other question, the, the name of the podcast is Five Rings to Rule Them All. Yes. And it comes from a line in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Um, I'm not as much of a Lord of the Rings fan of the Olympics, but I know the reference and I like it. <laughs> Who's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? Do you have one? Or are you oh just like, gosh. eh? I mean, I think um, 
um, on the same front of people I had a crush on when I was a kid, I guess I'm going to have to go with uh, Orlando Bloom. Well, I shouldn't say when I was a kid, but when I was a little <laughs> older kid, because he's younger than me. Um, I, yeah, so yes, definitely Orlando Bloom. I think he was like as hot as an elf possibly I think be. 75% of the people... Have, have said, said Legolas. Yes, yeah. that was his character's name. Yeah. So you just like couldn't take your eyes typical, off. Typical, typical. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Charlie. Well, thank you for spending the time, and and I look forward to everything that you're going to do with Gold Meets Golden and the Olympics well, next thank summer. Thank you, Sid. I have to say, I hope that you're going to be there with us because I know that you haven't been to Olympics yet. And I think it's due time that you come to one. So we're going to try to make that happen. Amen. <laughs> See you there. Be watching social media that first weekend in January for. Some great pictures from Gold Meets Golden as the athletes meet the entertainers. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Charlie Cullen Walters. We'll be back next week with another episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All.